Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sarwell. Hi listeners, welcome to Voices of the Temple. So I've got a very important guest with me uh, in the Temple Room studio. So... (laughs) I'm just going to start out with our usual invocation before we start, um, and then I'll get into who's here with me in the studio, and you can get all excited. I call upon the great spirit. I call to the two who move as one, through the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. I call upon the goddess, maiden, mother, crone, past, present, and future, creator, sustainer, and destroyer, weaver of the web. I call to the God, Lord of light and Lord of darkness, Lord of the green and the gold, Lord of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever, so mote it be. So I am here with Dragon Witchfire, our newest Taurus minister. Um, Just happened at Yule, right? Yeah, just happened, so... Brand spanking new, still shiny. <laughs> well, we'll try and rub that off you. Um, <laughs> so, um, Dragon, how did you come to the craft? Well, when I when I was a teenager, a tween and a teen, I was obsessed with with religion and spirituality. You know, like lots of kids, I saw auras and experienced a lot of like subtle energies. And then by the time I was like 13, 14, my mother had gotten the family really ensconced with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like like hardcore ready to become a witness and I was going to get baptized. And then I found out that um, women have very limited roles that they're allowed to play as leaders and teachers mm-hmm. in the Kingdom Hall. Like you're not just not allowed to do certain things because you're a woman. Um, and so I was like, this is not for me. Like, I need something that is going to speak to the budding feminist I was and the, like, just the the outrageous questioning kid that I was. And so I started on a journey of, like, two years of just trying out all different kinds of religions, like, different forms of Christianity, Judaism, Buddhism, Shinto, like, all these things. And nothing was quite the perfect fit. So, like, around my senior year of high school, I was like, I'm just going to make up my own religion. And so I did. <laughs> so I made up, air quotes, a religion that had a goddess and a god. Because I was like, God should be a woman too. And this religion had seasonal holidays. And mm-hmm. I followed this religion for about a year until I went to um, undergrad. And then my roommate at the time brought home a newsletter. And it was all about like feminist spirituality. And there was an article in there about a woman who was opening a brand new store just north of campus that catered to goddess religions. So I went to the store because I was just like, I need this store. (laughs) And I went to this store and the woman wasn't even open for business yet. (laughs) But I was so eager. She let me in and it turned out she was a witch. She answered all my neophyte questions. And I realized this religion I had made up already existed it had existed for a long time and there were a brother and sister out there who were doing the same thing and um she sold me a copy of the spiral dance Mm -hmm. and um she later became my first high priestess and so 
within a year of meeting her, I had declared myself officially a witch and been doing that since. Awesome. Yeah. So, how did you find the temple? <laughs> so, um, it's so funny because it's vague to me how I found the temple. It's almost like the temple found me. <laughs> um, but I do remember I had moved to New England um, to go to grad school. And prior to that, I had been living in Texas for a few years and was part of a really close-knit reclaiming community. And so when I came here, I was living in Worcester at the time. I didn't know any other pagans. I was really missing having community to work with. And um, somehow, this is the part where it's fuzzy, somehow I discovered the Sabbath rituals that the temple was holding at the old Masonic location mm -hmm. and made the like, what, 90 minute drive or whatever from Worcester up here to attend these mm -hmm. Sabbath rituals and was like really intimidated because it's like the smartest group of pagans I'd ever been around. <laughs> but also was like super intrigued. And um, at some point down the line, I found myself wanting to take some actual like classes and got involved with the mystery school and mm -hmm. just obviously couldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your experience through the, at the mystery school? Mm, the mystery school was amazing. Um, it's definitely, like, spiritually speaking, I would say it's probably one of the journeys that's changed my life the most. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Temple's Mystery School was not the only, like, formal spiritual education course I was looking at at the time. Mm -hmm. I was looking at some within the fairy tradition and some other, you know, teachers. And I remember putting out a spell, like, I was sitting on top of Newton Hill in Worcester, and I put out this spell that was like... I know I'm ready for a teacher, so when the universe is ready to, like, the universe can be ready to give me a teacher, because you know how they always say, like, the teacher will come when the student is ready. <laughs> this student was ready, and so I was like, all right, universe, bring me a teacher, um, and Alex Wright wound up having a witchcraft one class, and I signed up for it, and I remember thinking, I'll give it a shot. I truly did not believe I would even make it to Witchcraft 3. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't think I had the capability. I just didn't really know what I was signing up for. I was just kind of like, I'll give it a shot. Um, but by the time I got to Witchcraft 3, I was so wrapped up, and especially the shamanic work just spoke to me so deeply, um, that by the time I got to 3, I, was, I knew I wanted to complete 5. And by the time I got to you know 4, I knew I wanted to be a minister and I knew that I was going to do whatever work it took to get to that point because it had become so much more than just the studies to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So now along with your, you know, now your new Taurus, but before that, <laughs> before that, um, you've done work in Capricorn and in mm -hmm. Taurus and, and cancer and cancer. So you've, you've, you know, sampled <laughs> the, the, the ministerial gambit, so to speak. Um, but uh, the reason I sort of called you in here is because Tim was very excited, our our Capricorn minister, mm -hmm. was very excited to have you speak about some of your experiences with Capricorn. Yes. Um, so can you tell me, I know you go into prisons... And work with prisoners. Tell us a little bit about what it is to do prison ministry. What's it like? Oh uh, well, I will start with. 
first I'll start with just the sensation of going into a prison to do mm-hmm. work. And it, in a way, it's similar. Like walking physically into the prison is like going through the trials of Inanna into the underworld. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, because you come in and you are challenged at literal gates <laughs> and doorways the whole way through. And they strip you of all these things that are part of your like outside experience of who you are. You can't go in with a phone. You can't go in with any devices. You can't go in with um, even your car keys. Um they usually will take away your coat and things like that. The, I keep mine because I do outside work with the prisoners that I work with in Berlin, but they take all that away. Um, I have to dress a certain way when I go there because I have to be very cognizant of the population that I'm working with. And I work with in a male prison, so I'm working with male inmates as a female, and so there, you know, there's a lot there. So even perfume, they like tell you, you know, don't wear perfume. You don't want, you just don't want that kind of attraction. Like Mm -hmm. limit makeup if you can. So it's very interesting. Like don't wear heels because if you have to run, Mm -hmm. then you don't want to be caught in that situation. So it really is like this kind of stripping away. And like, I feel like every time I go into a gate, they close it behind you and you're locked in a small room where there's like no way out for a moment because only one door can ever go out and it only ever moves in that one direction. So as you're going in, you're just like going down and down and down mm-hmm. to the underworld until you finally get inside. And then it's like, there you are in the underworld. It's concrete box, no fresh air. Um, and it's a really, it's a fascinating and intimidating and stress-filled place to be. Yeah. Um, that being said, I find prison ministry to be challenging, yes, but also extraordinarily rewarding. And I find it to be exhilarating. And I know a lot of people, when they hear about prison ministry, they're like, oh, it must be just so draining for you. But when I leave after I'm done doing the prison work, I'm usually on an absolute high because I love the work that I do. Um, Don't get me wrong, I never forget that I'm in a prison and that I am working with people who have done some really bad crimes. Like, I don't ask the prisoners what they're in for, although it's public record, I could find out. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't want to see them as their record. I want to see them as humans. Mm -hmm. I know because of the population that I work with that the people people I work with are most likely in there for some of the, what we would consider more heinous crimes. I'm pretty certain because I have several men I work with who have no exit date. Like, they have been in there for well over a decade and they're not getting out which probably means that they're in there for murder or something to that extent. Um, But these, you know, when I'm in there and I'm working with them, they're not their crimes, they're people. And so that allows me to, I don't know, I find when I'm working with the prisoners, it opens up a level of humility and humanitarianism in me that I didn't even know I had. That's awesome. So now that we've talked a little bit about going into this prison, What are your needs from the community when it comes to prison ministry? Um, What ways can we support you in this work? And if there are any opportunities out there um, for people in the community to actually help with this work? Yeah, 
So one of the first things I always say to people if they're curious about how to help with prison ministry is to get to know what prison ministry is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, then that's great, step one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, talk to people who are doing it. I think that, in general, our pop, you know, like our culture, we don't ever really think about prisoners. We think they're people who are locked away so the society doesn't have to think about them. So I think even just raising your awareness about who they are is helpful because it changes the mindset. Um, But then as far as like concrete things that people can do, that the community can do to support the work, there's several things. The first that comes to my mind is that um, Capricorn has a pen pal program, which a lot of people are aware of, but a lot of people are not. We get requests literally every single month from prisoners around the country who are looking for pen pals to bounce ideas off of, to mentor them, um, to be a resource. There are very few resources within prison walls for um, people who have, you know, non-traditional faiths. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know, we are always looking for people who are like clear-headed with good boundaries, who would like to take some time being a pen pal. So mm-hmm. that's one way that people can definitely get involved with helping out. Um, also, just like with anything, you know, there's materials that we need. We mm-hmm. use materials in the rituals we do in person, but we also try to provide uh, materials to the prisoners, like books and things particularly. So we do request, we have a prison ministry wish list on Amazon. People can purchase things and that goes straight into the work. Um, and Tim and I are starting up a brand new program that we're going to be launching in the next month to... Um, to gather used books from Mm -hmm. the pagan community and redistribute those to prisoners in need. So we know that pagans and witches were a bunch of bibliophiles. We cannot get enough of the book stuff. And Mm -hmm. regardless of e-readers, we still buy them in paperback. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We all have massive libraries. Um, But I think that a lot of us also come to a point where we're like, I've had this book for five years and I'm not reading it or I'm not going to, or I read this book 10 years ago and it doesn't serve me the same way it did before. Tim and I are hoping to find a home for those books Mm -hmm. where we can have the community donate those to us and then it will be part of my job to um, give those out to people who have pen pals within our program. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And I know we've actually received some books from Amazon just yesterday. Did we? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, For our prisoners. So uh, it's good. Thank Um, you, community. (laughs) So um, now moving from the Capricorn part, this is Earth Ministry to Earth Ministry. (laughs) Uh, Moving to Taurus. I just like the horns. Um, now, I know you've done some really great work with the Stewards Project. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you've done? Oh my, so the Stewards. I feel like I can't talk about the Stewards without talking about the Temple Trail Project, mm-hmm. the TTP as I call it in all of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, you know, the temple sits on several acres of land and a number of those acres are wooded and um, we are currently creating a walking trail, a sacred walking trail in the little wooded space. There's going to be three sacred sites in there eventually, one for each ray. And um, I have taken on the role of the person who's going to carve out <laughs> Mm-hmm. this sacred trail and so 
Um, Christopher approached me about this about three years ago, I think, initially. And um, I tried to get volunteers to help, and it was very difficult because it requires a lot of people power mm-hmm. to literally cut a human-sized road through the woods, which is what we did. Yeah. Um, and so it took me a year or so of kind of floundering before I took a spark of an idea that Christopher gave me about maybe if you offered a class. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, this past year, um, offered a six-month course that was the Earth Stewards course that was um, all around focusing on how does one live a magical life in conjunction with the plants and animals and spirits and the land and how do we minister to the land mm-hmm. um, as part of our magical journey. And um, this was a unique opportunity because the people who signed up for this course as opposed to paying for it monetarily pay for it in sweat equity. So each person who took this course um, had to donate a minimum of 48 hours of time to help construct the trail. Um, twice a month they would meet here for at least four hours mm-hmm. and we would plow through and cut this trail. And it was amazing. We started off with, I think, 14 volunteers and in the end we had eight who finished the entire thing. And um, we now have an actual walking trail. You've been on it with me. Yes. <laughs> um, the trail still needs work, so we're going to be doing more work, what I call phase two, um, this year. But the stewards have now become a foundational core of volunteers who will help us not only with this physical work, but also with some of the spiritual work we do working with the Fae and other land spirits. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, I'm really proud of them. <laughs> um, so... What are your plans for the stewards program this coming year? Ooh, so many thoughts. <laughs> so, um, well, like I said, phase two of the program is going to be starting up in the spring, probably in May, as soon as we get snow melted away from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the trail is going to, we're going to be doing things to basically make that trail long term. Mm-hmm. So um, there's going to be some stairs that need to be built in various different locations on the trail. We're going to be putting in some um, erosion control in there. And there's some slightly squishy areas in the low part of the trail that's going to require boardwalks and stepping stones. And so the stewards are going to be rallying again to do some of that skilled work. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big thing. But then we also have the gardens, which... I know that Christopher, you, mm-hmm. others have maintained for years now, and they're extensive and they're beautiful, um, and also shouldn't fall on you guys to do all of that work. <laughs> and so, um, Taurus Ministry is going to be taking over the ma- the like major maintenance of the gardens from here on out, and we're going to be asking our stewards to step up and do some stewarding of those plots as well. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. Um so, do you have any other plans for Taurus going forward? Oh, yes. So, Taurus Ministry has a lot of plans for this year. Um, but I'll go into some of the ones that, the bigger ones that I'm most jazzed about. So, one of them is that we're going to be doing an Earth Day ritual this year. Um, and, I don't know, this amazing person sitting next to me <laughs> is going to be helping me out with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the 50th year of Earth Day celebrations, which I think is fantastic. Um, 
I would love this to be a kickoff to us doing Earth Day rituals from here on out as the temple. Mm -hmm. um, but this is going to be a multi-part ritual where we are not only going to do magic to increase the awareness of the planet and its needs, but we're also going to be singing and chanting the Earth Awake as a way to start the gardening um, season here at the temple, the physical temple. Um, and then we'll be having a follow-up tandem ritual in the fall to lullaby the earth asleep. So I'm really excited about this like dual ritual that we're going to be doing. Um, that's going to be great. Another project that we're all really excited about within the ministry is um, we're going to be reviving the Witch in the Woods program, which used to run maybe eight or nine years ago. Rin mm -hmm. used to run it. Yes. Um, and you know, it was a really successful program, but Rin was doing a lot of the work mm -hmm. by himself. And so now there's others, myself, um, Jason Nadu, who just became deputy under me in Taurus, mm -hmm. are willing to pick up the mantle and, and help and get this going again. So we're going to be doing six sacred walks starting in May and going through October. Each walk is going to focus on a different element or spirit connection. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll have like a fire walk, we'll have a water walk. Um, and we're really excited about that. And we're also maybe hoping to, fingers crossed, have a special night hike where we mm. can, yeah, during a full moon, where people can um, get in, you know, hike and do ritual work around celestial energy. So uh, that's a really cool program that we plan on launching. And we've got other things going on. We're going to be updating regularly on the Taurus Ministry Facebook page mm -hmm. and obviously in the Temple newsletter. So everybody should just look for details to come soon because we're going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so how can people who are in the area or distantly help out with Taurus ministry? Yeah, so obviously a lot of what we're going to be doing is physically based with the work on the land. So for yeah. people who are close by, um, you know, that sweat equity goes a long way. <laughs> like just that mm -hmm. sweat labor is important. We need we need hands and, and muscles and backs to get in there and do this work. Stones will not move themselves. Yeah. I know I should be at that level of Jedi, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's going to be volunteer days that are going to be put out on calendars so people can show up for those um, and help out. And obviously we're going to be sharing a lot more information at the Earth Day ritual, so people mm -hmm. can find out about that. Um, but, you know, if people are not close by and they're looking to help, again, there's a wish list where we oftentimes will put out the need for tools and things. Yeah. Um, and cash donations definitely go a long way. We are going to be needing, you know, last year we used a lot of tools, but this year we're going to need materials to actually build stairs and things like that. So cash donations to Taurus Ministry is a huge help. Um, and for people who want to be involved in the ministry, not necessarily physically helping with a project, but are just like, how do I just work with Taurus in a spiritual capacity? Um, we're going to be having, um, my deputies and I are going to be doing monthly, uh, Taurus ministry rituals on the mm -hmm. same day. And we're going to be publishing those dates so that people who want to align with the work of the ministry can do that ritual with us each month. Hmm. and align with the work of Taurus ministry in that way, too. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw out this because, you know. Toss it. Because I love people. Um, <laughs> when they come and you have an, if you have an idea, 
and you come to the tor- tourist ministry that it, that is in the purveyishness of tourists, <laughs> um, and 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 present that, then you can actually work with someone. Whereas if you are like, I do this, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. That 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 becomes a little bit more difficult. Having my own experience. <laughs> um, but say if someone in an area where there are many temple students mm-hmm. and wanted to do their own walk, which is walk in the woods, Absolutely. say in Nova Scotia or <laughs> uh, um, in St. Louis or things like that. I'm not calling you out, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know, because we are a nature religion. And, yes. And I sometimes find our rituals in the hall. Sometimes yes. go. I go. Oh, I miss nature. I miss nature. <laughs> yeah, and I highly encourage people who are at in distance locations to do their own Earth Day celebration. We're going to mm-hmm. be doing ours on April twenty fifth. So do an Earth Day celebration with, you know, as the Temple Arch, the more energy we can put into it, the better. I mean, yeah, we're, it's a nature religion. It's amazing how often we don't go out into nature. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> it's so strange. It's so strange. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And, and letting all of our listeners, like, hear what's going on with Taurus. Um, they're all going to love it, I'm sure. I hope so. Yay. <laughs> and hopefully you're going to get lots of people who want to sign up and, and do some physical work. and Oh, yes. And learn about things, too. Cause yeah, the... well, there's going to be classes, too. I didn't mention that, but I yeah. should have. We're going to be running um, a class. Bob Hackett, actually, is volunteering to do some classes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Leo Ministry. He's going to be doing some classes on woodworking and stoneworking. Oh, that's um, awesome. To go along with some of the stuff that we're doing on the trail. And um, and I'm cooking up a syllabus for an animal magic class. And so these classes may have work-study components to them mm-hmm. or not. So that's something else for people to look for if they're looking to work with tourist ministry through an educative component that's mm-hmm. going to be coming too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's good. All right. And the stewards get to do their own sort of class Part as well, they yep. get to get education in lieu of their sweat of yep. <laughs> in lieu of sweating. Yeah, in lieu of their sweating. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I guess we'll de-invoke and let these gentle people go on their way. So we thank the Great Spirit and the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the goddess and the god who move through us and work with us. May we recognize your presence in our lives. Blessed be. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.